Welcome back, everybody. Happy it's, Friday. It's Friday. And it's episode 18 of the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast. It's a big one. Oh, it is. Of <laughs> the biggest fight night in UFC history, mark my words. <laughs> and this is a very unique episode. It is. It is. <laughs> they they may be wondering, something sounds a little off. <laughs> You guys, I don't know if you can tell, but we are not together for this episode. For the first time in 18 episodes. Yeah, Dom is back home in southwest Ohio. I'm still up north here in Bowling Green. And uh, but the show goes on. The show goes on. I'm here on my laptop. Noah's on his phone. We've got a little WebEx-style meeting going here. But we're, we're still bringing the content. Don't Don't get it twisted. Yeah. So overall, this fight night, I want to break it down fight by fight real quick before we get into the news and everything. Our main event, as you keep saying, two and a half years in the making. Two and a half years. This fight, like I never thought it was actually going to happen after Tyron lost the belt. And here we are just two days, well, from when you guys are seeing this, a day away. (laughs) Right, right. Colby Covington going up against Tyron Woodley. Pretty sure Kobe Covington's like a 500 favorite in this one. Too. I wouldn't be surprised. Which I understand why. It's just shocking to see how the tables have t- turned. Yeah, that's in this fast. matchup. Uh, co-main event, also welterweight action. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone is back. The cowboy rides again. My man's went from headlining the, the first pay per view <laughs> of the year with Conor McGregor to co-maining with the absolute killer and nico price in the co-main event sheesh man what a fight that's gonna be but dude all six of these <laughs> oh man just keep going keep going third fight middleweight osmot chimaev gerald mirchart my man's osmot's already got like his whole month booked and the, my man's is not leaving fight island the, the biggest hype train in the ufc right now yeah un, unparalleled then light heavyweight action a former probably the the former biggest hype train yeah in the UFC. i think that's safe to say johnny walker looking to get back on track against another up-and-comer ryan span very excited for that one dude i feel like that's like an underrated fight um and ryan span it's himself a, is an underrated fighter he is he looked really good against sam alvey which again we'll get into yeah, that yeah. later i, I keep getting I keep wanting to talk about it. I want to do it I right now. <laughs> but, yes, that, I'm very excited for that one as well. I think it's a big fight for both guys. Uh, then our uh, second fight of the night, women's strawweight action. Our one women's fight on the main card, Mackenzie Dern, Mama Dern. Oh, yeah. Going up against Randa Marcos. And to open the night, Kevin Holland, Darren Stewart. Banger. Two killers that That's are a banger. looking to make a name. Tyron Woodley's twin, Darren Stewart. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, they do He's look the exactly the, twin, the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be breaking all those down later on. But first, it's time for the news. The news. See, they probably thought, oh, they're not together. They're not even going to do a news segment. <laughs> oh, we're, oh, come on now. <laughs> they thought wrong. Hey, and like, we've got a big one. Of, the, the wise words of Lupe Fiasco, the show goes on. <laughs> <laughs> so... First news story. 
one that we debated putting on here, but I feel like it was only right. Yeah. Because we're talking about our boy Bobby Green. Bobby King. Big win last Saturday. He's already calling out a top 15 fighter. Yes, he is. Number nine ranked Ally Aquina. Man. Dom, what do you you think about that potential matchup? So on Monday, for our our recap, we were kind of calling it, right? Like, Bobby Green's having this career resurgence right now. He's 3-0 in 2020, three-fight win streak. He deserves a top 15. I think we both said that. Um, This is a really good matchup, I think. Ally and Quinta is about as game as they come. I mean, this is a guy that fought fought Habib on, like, 23 hours' notice. (laughs) So I think this is a very interesting one. Is it a little too high right now for Bobby? Maybe. But I don't think it's a fight that he can't win. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it definitely feels like it might be a little bit too soon to go that high because we were talking like eleven through fifteen, I believe. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie, I like the matchup on paper. Yeah, I understand that. Like, look, Al raging Al, man's number nine. He's earned his way there. Put up a decent. He put up about as good of a showing as you're gonna see against Habib. Mm-hmm. But he is coming off back-to-back losses. Cowboys Roney in May 2019, then October that same year he lost to Dan Hooker. So we haven't seen him, and it'll be over over a year. Yeah, man, he's not fought this... in a while. Yeah, so uh, um, losing three of his last four because he has a win over Kevin Lee, but then he did have that loss to Habib. So he's only fought four times in the last, it'll be about three years. Yeah, he's never yeah. been the most active dude. Well, no. he, he's like a real estate agent, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, he is. He's got, you know, he's making some money other ways. Yeah, he he ain't got to fight, but he does it for the love of the game. Right. right. You got to love but that I, guy. I, I like the matchup just because, you know, you got Al who's on back-to-back losses while Bobby is on a three-fight win streak. So it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. But, yes, ranking-wise, which, let's be honest, like, I like the UFC rankings, but I also understand and why people don't like them, and I understand why they're heavily disputed. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be perfect. So, really, when we're saying, like, there's a guy below Al who would probably make less sense for Bobby to fight than Al. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, I agree. Just based on where they're at in their careers right now, kind of a what streak, law streak, drawn, I think it makes sense to pair these guys up. They haven't fought. Yeah, I was going to so. say, they haven't fought, right? I'm not missing something. He's not, like, no. calling him out for a rematch. Okay, that's what I thought. Nope. Yeah, I was looking it up, but nope. That's a good uh, fight. So I, it, I really do like it stylistically. Yeah, and Al's 33. Um, you said Bobby was... I think he's 34. 34. So, yeah, they're pretty much dead even right there. Um, I like the matchup. I like it more for Bobby just because it's uh, a chance for him to get in the top 15. But for Al... It's a chance for him to get back on track against a guy with some hype to him right now because yep. Bobby's really been showing the world. He's been being staying real active during quarantine and everything. So I think it makes sense for both guys, even though in Al's case he'd be fighting an unranked opponent, but a way for him to get back on track potentially. Yeah, yeah I agree. So I guess moving on from there, second news story, this one uh, hurts. Yeah, this is going to hurt Pain. you big time. Pain. Yeah. So we mentioned um, our main, our, our, uh, what was supposed to be the main event last Saturday was Tiago Santos, the guy I predicted <laughs> to be the light heavyweight champion. 
in August of 2021. Correct. The guy who I thought and you thought beat John Jones for the belt. With one leg. With one leg. He was supposed to headline the fight night against Glover Teixeira, who had a great performance against Anthony Smith, a great comeback, really. Yeah. And a guy who just doesn't seem to age. But then Glover tests positive, so that fight gets pushed back to, um, I believe it was uh, October 5th. I think it was the uh, October was, uh, October 3rd with Holly Holm and uh, Irene Aldana. Yeah. So it's going to be the co-main there. Kind of weird. Yeah. But now, guess what? It's not happening because uh, Tiago tests positive for COVID now, so yeah. uh, the fight's scrapped for now, it seems like. Um, I'm just big sad. Yeah, man, that's... That's a really good fight and a comeback fight for Tiago, a huge fight for Glover to prove he's really still with the top of the top. And uh, that's definitely a stinker. I know for, for you especially. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Tiago Santos guy. I think we've made that pretty clear. Uh, no disrespect to Glover. I mean, he's a absolute stud. Yeah. But I'm just... I've been excited to see Tiago fight again since his last fight was that title fight with Jones because he tore his knee and leg up so bad. He hasn't been able to fight since. And that fight was big for him. I mean, he, regardless of if you think he won the fight or not, he, he won rounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. His stock went up. And now he's still just not able to fight. And that sucks. But since it is for COVID, I mean, I'm hoping that like he, obviously I'm hoping he, heals up and recovers and is able to maybe this matchup happens in a couple couple weeks later but maybe the ufc is like kind of done with the matchup it'd be cool if this could get added to that ortega korean zombie card yeah that'd be big uh, i was thinking of uh even because he's testing positive now so what about even like marlon rice Corey sandy yeah i could do that they could put him on the freaking uh 254 pay-per-view like you know yeah, there's we'll options we'll be getting into that later but there's a spot opened up it seems like yeah. on that main card so yeah i i definitely could see something like that happening i hope to, i would i would like to see this matchup happen i mean if you don't get this matchup i mean maybe these guys go their separate ways wherever gets a different opponent like Tiago might you know technically come off the wall maybe he gets a guy like uh hold on hold on oh your your volume was going low there oh can you you're back you're back yeah okay, yeah okay <laughs> sorry so what i'm just saying is like regardless for either guy if they don't end up fighting like i'm sure they'll both get matchups pretty quickly and we'll move on but um i'm definitely sad that we're not getting to see the fight again i feel like i'm being honey dicked around right now just being honest <laughs> I, I fair enough. It's a yeah. big fight. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about that one? Yeah. Hopefully, it can get added to one of those really good uh, fight nights, or again, maybe two fifty four. We'll see. Yeah. Moving on from there, uh, I believe this was today, wasn't it? When Dana was talking about. Uh, yeah. This all dropped like, or today being Thursday yeah. when we're recording. Yeah. The ball yes. just got dropped today. <laughs> yeah. I mean. So, the first thing that we're going to make note of, um, Conor McGregor, right? So this the guy, has uh, he, he said he's retired. Um, now he's in some very serious legal trouble. Uh, 
Dana says he's not going to fight in 2020. Again, he has not fought since January when he beat Cowboy. Uh, exceptional performance by him. Really was. Just to be clear. Um, but he hasn't fought since. That was in January. And understandably, with everything going on right now, like, I, I, I ain't blaming him. I ain't blaming the UFC because, you know, Connor's going to put a lot of asses in the seats. And if you can't do that. Yeah, right now you can't have fun. asses in the seats. So. <laughs> yeah. So it, I get it. But, um, Dana said, what was the quote? That he had fun plans for Yeah, they said they have been talking recently and that there are quote-unquote fun plans. So to me, you know, just hearing that, we're not talking title fight here. We're talking, uh, well, I'll let you take it away. Because I know what you mentioned before we started recording. There, There was one name that stuck out to me when I heard that quote. And it's definitely a fun one. Now... If I had heard this quote a couple weeks ago, I would have went, oh, they're going to do the trilogy with Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Well, now it looks like Nate is going to be fighting Jorge Masvidal again. Yeah. So uh, how, about, how, does, uh, how about his big brother? The other Diaz. Who is making a comeback right now. Stop. Tell me that's not the, tell me that wouldn't be a great fight. Think about it. You've got a January pay-per-view with Jorge and Nate for the rematch for the BMF belt because, you know, the controversial Dr. Stoppage last November. It was November, right? Yeah, it was last November, I think. I think so. Um, and then, you know, your February pay-per-view, you got a little Conor McGregor versus Nick Diaz. I mean, that's – I can't say I'm hating on the idea. You know, at this point, yeah. I kind of like this better for Connor. Just do these, like, fun, big fights. Like, he fought Cowboy. That was fun. Um, yeah. It was an important fight, I guess, but it was at welterweight, so it wasn't as important. But it was fun. People wanted to see it. People would love to see this fight. I think at Connor's stage in his career, I think it makes sense, honestly. Maybe it's not about the titles right now. Do fun fights, big money fights, and it's still for your legacy. It's not like Nick Diaz well, is some scrub. Well, let's be honest. I mean, Connor is kind of bigger than the belt. Yeah, <laughs> he really I mean, is. I, I look. I'm a big advocate for just like the you know the art of competition yeah. or whatever you want to call it, where like you fight for your your goal, your end goal is the belt. Yep. But also, money talks, <laughs> and the money fight is always going to be Connor. Always and forever. Over, over, like you know, if you look in that one seventy pound division. Who's going to make you more money fighting Kamaru Usman for the belt? Or is it going to be fighting Conor McGregor? Yeah, and if you throw Nick Diaz into the mix, whoo Yeah, yeah. And uh, were you talk- were you saying that you, you thought that they might do like a Conor, Nick, and then Masvidal and Nate on the same card? No, no, no. I don't. Oof. You definitely couldn't do that on the same card. No, I don't that's think. what I was going to say. Um, I'm saying, like, so is- January is supposed to be Jorge, Nate. So the February right. pay per view would be Nick and Connor, maybe. That'd be very interesting to go two straight months without a real title fight. But, you ain't uh, kidding. I, I can't deny that, like, those fights don't excite me. That'd be big, though. Like, 2020's been a crazy year, right? We're hoping right. to get back to some sign of normalcy, whether there's even fans or not. Just to start 2021 fresh, like, boom, we've got big things coming this year. You know, this year's going to be way better than last year. Things are looking up. 
or ideally everything's looking more positive then. I, I kind of like it. Maybe they won't fight that early, but I think it, it did say early 2021. Now, that could be January, February, March, and maybe even April because that's like, you know, yeah. the first quarter. So I kind of think quarter when I hear early 2021, but still, that'd be cool to go back-to-back with the Diaz brothers. Man, that's a fight I never thought I would see is Connor versus Nick. I mean, I obviously a part of me still wants to see the third fight with Nate more, but I'm not going to cry over spilt milk or something. I mean, this is still a very big fight if that were to happen. Well, think is about there any this. other fight that you think they would be planning for him right now when they're saying something like that? For Connor? Yeah. Not on the top of my head. No. I mean, it seems like, and we'll get into this next, but it seems like Tony and Dustin are not going to be options. Yeah, it seems like those two are going to fight each other. It's just a matter of when and where. Yeah, and it also seems like they might be in Dana's doghouse right now, so I don't think they're going to be getting that right. money fight there. But I will say, really or go ahead, sorry. No, I was just I was just going to say, like, I just don't really see anybody else off the top of my head that's not already, like, because Masvidal would be another, like, option, but he's booked against Nate, it looks like. So um, I'm just curious. Yeah, go ahead and continue with your thought. Though. Well, imagine this, you know. Jorge Nate fight in January. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins, you know, good for them. Say February or you know March, Connor fights Nick. Connor, say Connor beats Nick. Connor goes on to fight either Jorge or Nate for the trilogy, or picture Nick beats Connor, Jorge beats Nate, then Nick and Jorge fight. Oh. And then you could still do the trilogy. Yeah. Because Nate would have lost to Jorge in this instance, and Connor would have lost to Nick. So then you fight them two together. That's insane. Think about it. Now we're we're talking. All I'm seeing is dollar signs. (laughs) (laughs) UFC hire us, baby. Yeah, you talk about money fights. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, that's, that's all I can really think of as far as what would be fun and what makes sense right now. I mean, obviously, what would make sense is to put him against someone like Tony or Dustin, but yeah, it it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, it, it's it's that weird thing where this quote came out and he goes, "We're working on something fun." That's really the key word, and really, Nick what, is the one. I mean, that's a very unique word for Dana to use. There, it's <laughs> not he did, you know he likes to say like, "We're working on something big," or "We're working on something." And he just keeps it at that very yeah. vague. But in this instance, he said fun. And that's why, like, to me, that's, that's like, this Nick Diaz fight, like, that's the only fight that could really encapture that word for Dana to use there. And you can't really that's, say it doesn't make sense. I mean, let's be honest. Like you, I, like you I, said, I Connor's bigger than a belt it. now, so it's, it's money fights. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game for him at this point. I don't – that's why, I like – I don't think that people hate on. I mean, okay, people will hate on Connor for a lot of reasons, and I mean, rightfully so, I guess. The guy has definitely done his fair share of terrible things, <laughs> but at this point, what I think for us, like you know, when we talk negatively about Connor, it's not about him personally. Mm. We don't. We're just focused on him as a fighter, but. 
mostly it's due to the fact that he seems to be shoehorned in to these title fights and these like title situations like it like it looked like that fight with cowboy and winning that may have been setting up him as like the next in line before all the covid happens and everything oh yeah he said 2020 was going to be like his season you know he was going to fight three or four times obviously covid that's a plays a huge factor obviously but you know it really looked like Connor was going to come back and like, okay, he's going to get these fights in. He's going to fight for a belt at the end of the year. Uh, but now it's like, which Nick, if I'm Nick being Diaz, honest, I don't know if that would have happened. Up. I don't know if that would have happened regardless. Uh, like maybe he fought twice. Maybe he would fight twice in a year. But I don't know. For one, I don't know if the UFC is going to be able to. <laughs> I mean, you look. I know Connor fights. Like if you have, if the world's normal and you still have crowds and everything. I'm sure the UFC wishes they could do a Conor fight every month. But there's also something about oversaturating the market. Well, yeah, it's crazy because, like, he used to be, like, one of the most active fighters. Yeah, he really was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was kind of known for it, really. He fought, when he fought Aldo at UFC 194, two months later fights Diaz, six months later rematches Diaz, and then three months after that wins the second belt. Yeah, man. That's four times in probably 12 months. And even on his rise before he was a superstar, he was fighting all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm very excited for that. Hopefully we'll get some news. I, I doubt they'll announce it until later in the year. But, man, I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have planned and if it'll actually come through. And hopefully here soon we'll be able to start letting more and more people back into, into like, allowing more crowds and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, any other final thoughts? I, I think we hit the nail on the head there. Again, when we hear the word fun, what makes more sense as a fun fight for Connor other than Nick? So Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, last bit of news for today. This is probably our biggest news story because it just, God, there's so much that goes into this. There's just so many moving parts yeah. here. So we talked about on Friday that it's, and I think we even talked about it, before that i don't know but uh or sorry i said friday i meant uh we talked about this on monday's episode and i we probably talked about it the friday last friday as well yeah it's looking like tony versus dustin is off <sighs> basically we had so dustin um basically came out and said that the ufc is not gonna pay him what he wants he wants to, you know his whole his whole thing is paid in full yeah that's his motto. He says, the UFC ain't going to pay me, so the fight's off. Well, Tony comes out in support of Dustin on Twitter and says, UFC, pay, we, you know, I love you, UFC, but pay that man. That's a huge thing, by the way. Like, you don't see that very no. much, especially it's by the guy you're getting ready a, to fight. Yeah, it's a big show character. Yeah, right? that was really cool to see that. Yeah. And the whole MMA community and, like, MMA Twitter – like it was just a bunch of hugs. That that's literally it was a what rally it was. of a rally of support. Yeah, it was crazy. Because everybody wants to see the fight, and then Dana, uh, after I believe Tuesday Night Contender, says that Dustin didn't want to. He basically said that there's a lot of ways people will get out of fighting, and he said negotiating your way out is one way. So he made it sound like Dustin didn't want to fight Tony. Yeah. So he just. Uh, he basically wanted unreasonable amount of money, and that was that. But um, 
you know, well, I, I can't say that that, that that explanation is very, uh, honest in my opinion, but whatever. Um, but I guess the bigger part of this story now is that as of when we're recording this, they announced it this uh, morning, Michael Chandler, the Bellator lifer. Yeah. We've mentioned it before. Signed, officially signed with the UFC. And yeah, not only was he signed, <laughs> and he is he was announced as the replacement on for the UFC 254 headliner between Habib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje, which means if one of those two guys pulls out, gets hurt, COVID, whatever, he's stepped stepping in to fight for a belt as they you in the company. N- never, never had one fight in the UFC. <laughs> I'm really. That's. I just threw a lot at you there, buddy. I don't know what to do with my hands. They're just sitting here, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't like. That's oh. a lot of information right there. There's a lot of moving parts in this story. Okay, so first off, it was all looking like Dustin Tony was going to be the co-main, and therefore, basically, what it was going to be. Well, ideally, in a perfect world, both fights happen, right? Nobody gets injured, but right. This was uh, Ariel mentioned this on his uh, podcast with DC. He said that he had heard that say Justin were injured, um, then Tony would step in to fight Habib, and if Habib were to get injured, Dustin would step in and fight Justin. That was kind of the um, path in place. And if you think about it, that actually is genius. You, it makes a lot of it, sense. It can't be any more perfect. Again, right. this fight has apparently fallen out, which is just awful news. I really hope that can happen um, sometime. <laughs> but uh, Michael Chandler is a stud, right? Don't get me wrong. He was amazing in Bellator. He went 18-5 and five in Bellator. He had 11 title fights. He, he, you know, he, he did it all over there. He's, he is one of the best lightweight fighters in the world, regardless of organization. I can't take that away from him. Right, And we, we wanted him to get signed with the UFC. We've talked about him. And uh, I think it is great to have, you know, these big signees from other organizations come in. I think it's awesome. Ben Askren mm-hmm. comes to mind, right? And look at all yep. the hype and stuff. You know, he went one and two and, you know, but whatever. It, it did a lot for the sport and the company. So I wanted Michael to come in. And we talked about it. Fight a top ten, maybe even a top five. But then you sent me that tweet today. And I thought I was seeing things. I, I thought I was putting words in the wrong places. My yeah, man's is it, about to get a, a potential title shot. Dude, Justin and Habib, please stay healthy, man. Please. I'm per, I'm perplexed. It's it's odd. Because let me tell you, this screams like this kind of situation would make sense if Michael Chandler was like some huge draw. Yeah, like I would, we still wouldn't like it. Like, this feels like something they would do for Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. But it's for a guy who's fought in Bellator his whole life, which all respect to Bellator, but they're a B-tier MMA promotion. They're yeah. below. They're, Michael Chandler is not going to be some huge name in the UFC to the casual fan. No, especially not in his freaking first fight. I mean, I get it. Like, Asprin had some hype behind him, and so will Chandler. But... I, I'm shocked that they're basically rolling out the red carpet for him. If he, I mean, obviously this is all, you know, 
hypotheticals if someone does get hurt. If yeah. nobody does, then he ain't fighting. Right. But it really shows where the company thinks of him right now. Yeah, like... Because uh, we were thinking, like, yeah, maybe it's, you know, probably a top ten. Yeah, we were thinking, like, uh, Mike... Um, excuse me charles Oliveira, yeah dan hooker a couple of those yeah a couple of those guys even lower well and apparently at um again this is another tweet i saw from ariel shout out ariel hawani obviously one of the biggest reporters in all of mma he said that um dustin had been offered a fight with michael chandler as of yesterday which is wednesday again we record these on thursday and he turned it down one because the pay still wasn't there which was the same issue with the Tony fight. And two, because he wants the Tony fight and he wanted to stay loyal to that because Tony backed up Dustin and was calling for him to get paid for their fight. So I really right. like this, like, we're getting like a tag team here. Yeah, it's like a partnership. <laughs> We've got, you know, Dustin and Tony tag team match against Dana White and Michael Chandler. Who's going to win? <laughs> Apparently, it looks like Dana and Michael Chandler. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a perplexing announcement. Now, look, I'll be excited no matter what. Like yeah. if they, if, if something happens, obviously I'm going to be devastated if the Habib Justin. Oh, Mike that would happen. just be brutal. But I'll still like it'll be like it'll still feel big if you know a guy making his debut in the company, a guy with so much credit behind him in Bellator getting that shot like it'll still feel like a big fight but i'd be lying if i said that i think it's like the i don't know how to word this like i'd be lying if i said that i'm happy with this yeah like so tony obviously wants to fight dustin just as bad but i feel for tony here because that's who the replacement fighter should be you yes. know so that part really sucks, man. I don't know. It's very – what a day maybe, for news. Now, maybe the reason why Tony's not being pegged as the obvious replacement is because there's a chance that it's Habib who pulls out. Yeah, and then he rematches he really, Justin. He really put Tony versus Justin again Yeah, already. So I almost Michael wish Chandler, then you could do like uh, – Kind of do the thing where – like I said, if Dustin and Tony had stayed as the co-main, let's say Justin goes injured, Tony can, can fight Habib, say Habib gets injured, then Chandler gets it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like there should be more than just, okay, Michael Chandler's going to get the replacement fight if someone gets hurt. I, I don't know. It's weird. I obviously feel bad for Tony, but you have to wonder, if is Tony staying loyal to Dustin here as well? Like, did the UFC offer him that? That's slot? true, man. Was, These two have really like, no, I'm fight. they I'm they fight. created this allegiance with each other. Yeah, I love it. I yeah, mean, really at the end of the day, these are two they, fan favorites, and it's awesome that they're sticking up for one another, and at, at the same time, want to bash each other's faces in. I was about to say it's very <laughs> unique that these two guys are being so supportive of one another because they want to beat the shit out of each other so bad. <laughs> and you know, that's literally what would happen. That fight would yeah, be the furthest be, thing from boring. It would be violence. Yes, pure violence. So I I even think like I'm just shocked that it's Michael Chandler. Like I'm I'm very much shocked. I mean I get it, like who else would it be? I mean Dan Hooker's like kind of the next obvious choice, I guess, but he's yeah. coming off the loss. Exactly. I I guess in that sense, like it makes somewhat sense, but I 
man, I don't know. It's <laughs> it, it just it was not what I was expecting to hear. Not at all. This morning. I just when thought, I saw he signed, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Exactly. And yeah. Then immediately the next tweet from I believe it was Ariel Hawani or Brett Okamoto, one of the two, um, saying he was the replacement, and I was just like, huh? Yeah, man. Replacement. <laughs> I literally, like I said, I thought I, said, he, I thought I read the message wrong. Well, you know, like that quote, uh, I think it's Herm Edwards or someone where they're like, or no, or wait a minute. You mean Eve Edwards? No, I can't remember. No, I can't remember the quote now. Well, you can still say the quote. But, Shout out to whoever made this quote. No, well, I'm going to feel really stupid now because I feel like I'm mixing up two different quotes here. Because Alan Iverson also actually might have been the one who said this where he's like practice <laughs> yeah yeah practice but then was he the one that said like i'm just trying to win a game yeah that was ai he said the second part too i think so well then and then there's the, I you're thinking was... of the head coach that went playoffs <laughs> playoffs yeah that's what it was playoffs <laughs> i'm just trying to win a game that was the yeah, colts head one... coach back in the day yeah so that quote that's what i went through my head when i heard this announcement it was like title fight title fight we're just trying to get him into the yeah yeah yeah, exactly i'm just like what yeah it was a shocker all in all i'll be excited but hopefully nothing happens to our main event yeah hopefully nothing happens there that fight stays together and then we've got chandler in the ufc so yep uh yeah I, did, I guess i didn't mean to i feel like you know i didn't mean to shit on the announcement because overall michael chandler being in the ufc is big deal oh yeah yeah but in this case like i just i'm I, i'm iffy on the the uh his entryway i guess mm-hmm. and that's the news that's it but now it's time uh i might need to get up and walk for a second <laughs> okay. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> moving on, where you are previewing, hashtag UFC Vegas 11. This is it. The last Colby one Covington. before we go back to Fight Island. Yep. Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. Six fight main card. The most stacked main card that's ever been put on a fight night i'm i will show me any other one that has this amount of star power on here and this amount of just like big names and big fights i'll like i will compare it with any of them it's crazy man now will the fights live up to the hype let's find out we're gonna start with our opener aaron stewart kevin holland at middleweight dom break it down is it time for the nitty-gritty notepad here we go so we got pads. like you notepad s- notepad city bitch <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a cool piece of merch one day anyway <laughs> darren stewart kevin holland like noah said we've got a middleweight fight to kick the night off or the main card off i should say there's eight fights on the prelims by the way i just wanted to throw that out there there's 14 <laughs> fights saturday night it's a lot of fights. It's a lot. Um, so Darren Stewart is twelve and five. He's got seven KOTKOs, one submission. He's five and four with one no contest in the UFC. Uh, he's got notable wins over Eric Spicely, 
which was by TKO, and Maki Patolo, which was by Submission. That's Coconut Bombs, right? Huh? Isn't uh, Maki Patolo is Coconut Bombs, right? Coconut Bombs? Coconut Bombs, the, the nickname. I think that's him. Oh, well, he's the one that he had just fought before that and had picked up a pretty big win. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. I think that's the guy that goes by Coconut Bombs. Anyway, whoever goes by Coconut Bombs, if it isn't him, that's a sweet name. Um, and then Darren's got some notable losses as well, uh, one being to Carl Roberson via submission. And also he lost to Edmund Shabazian with, uh, by split decision. And if you guys mm-hmm. don't know, Edmund was a guy that you know was another hype train that kind of just got derailed a little bit by Derek Brunson not too long ago. Um, but I was shocked to see that was by a split decision because I don't remember that fight. But Edmund was kind of seen as a guy that was steamrolling everyone. So when I saw that he only won this by split, I was a little intrigued. Yeah. Intrigued, um, for sure. Yeah. And then Kevin, on the other end, is 18-5. and five. He's got 9 KO, TKO, 6 submissions. He's 6-2 and two in the UFC if you count his Contender Series win. Um, and he actually has a notable win over Gerald Mearchart, who we will nice. touch on later. Um, and that was via split decision. And then he's got notable losses to your boy, Tiago Santos, back in his middleweight right. days. Uh, that was by unanimous decision. And then he most recently lost to Bre- uh, Brendan Allen by, by submission. If you guys don't know who Brendan Allen is, that kid is a stud. Like, you yeah, might think, is. that guy's not a notable loss. Yes, he is. Brendan Allen is a beast. And he right. could be a very, very good prospect and potential title challenger in the future, in my opinion. Agreed. So, yeah, that's the nitty-gritty there. Um, as far as a prediction, this is interesting. Darren Stewart is built like a statue. He literally looks like Tyron Woodley. Um, Kevin <laughs> Holland, does. known for his striking, obviously, with nine KO TKOs, but he still has six submissions. Um, definitely the better record in the UFC. Right. I think the, the tougher opponents. This could be a back-and-forth one. I'm kind of leaning toward Kevin. Um, I'm thinking a Kevin Holland. I'm going to go second round KO TKO in this one. I think this could be a really good fight, though. This is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Darren Stewart's never been KO'd or TKO'd. So, uh, there you go. Your first, because he's had, he has two submission losses and then three losses by decision. Um, all unanimous. So. Yeah, overall, this is a really exciting fight because these are two guys that are surging right now and yep. really building that hype. Um, very, they're they're starting to really gain some name value to themselves, you know. Man, I mean, when you look at the on paper, the the record wise, like Kevin Holland definitely has the more, I guess, um, clean looking record. Yeah, yeah, especially in the UFC, you know, Darren Stewart lost three of his first four he lost three straight after originally he won his ufc debut and then it get got overturned due to a inadvertent headbutt yeah that's the um, new contest you, right yeah you almost never see that yeah. by the way if i get over turned for that reason so he loses three straight but then he's really bounced back and made quite a career for himself so far and really made a pretty good path a couple losses obviously the one with shabazian's not bad when you consider where Shabazian's at. Um, but then he had a loss to Bartos Fabinski. That was in Cage Warriors, actually. Um, I'm probably going to also go Kevin Holland here. 
Uh, as far as the matter of which this fight ends, I'm going to go by decision. I think Darren's a tough guy, a guy that's, um, he's really not the kind of guy, like, again, no, not, never been knocked out, never been TKO'd, whatever. Um, I definitely respect the power that Kevin Holland possesses, and he's definitely a great striker, and I think that's why he's going to end up winning this fight. But for Darren Stewart, I think it's going to be a gutsy performance. It's just not going to – I think he's going to be overpowered a little bit. Yeah, well, well, speaking of power for Kevin, I actually had noted on here, I saw where he has the seventh best significant strike accuracy within the middleweight division. That's big. So – I really do think this could be a really good fight. This could be a potential so fight of the night. But I'm not going to say I, that. Like, I'm yeah, not going to make I, it mine, but I think it could be. I'm not quite going to go there. I think there's one other fight that's sticking out to me for that. But overall, on paper, this fight should be great. And honestly, like, I'm assuming that Kevin Holland's the favorite in this one. Um, I don't know by how much or whatnot, but... If you're someone who's into betting, might be even worth it to put a few bucks on Darren Stewart because yeah. I can see him being a pretty decent-sized underdog. I don't know what the odds are again. But um, he he could definitely be a guy that's looking for an upset here. That win over Mackie Patolo was pretty good. Pretty yeah. good win for him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's going to be a great – that's a great way to open a fight. I, too, I was about to say the same thing. Morning. I mean, you could totally see that. That probably would have been like the co-main of last week. Yeah, it this, this fight card's unreal. It really. And I'm is. not shitting on last week's fight card. I'm just saying that it could have been the co-main. I mean, you don't usually when you're talking about name value guys that have some sort of credit to them or some sort of hype. Usually, the fight nights are meant to expose the talent. Yeah, well, like this fight could even open a pay-per-view. Oh yeah, for like sure. it's a really good fight. Yeah. So uh, moving on from there, we got our woman's fight. Mackenzie Dern ran to Marcos. Dom, take it away. Now, this is at strawweight, right? I yes. believe. Okay. So Mackenzie definitely has a lot of hype. She's 8-1. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got five submission wins, and she's 3-1 and one in the UFC. She's got notable wins over Ashley Yoder, which was a split decision. And most recently submitted Hannah Cyphers, who has fought like 86 times in 2020. And I also yeah. did want to point out, back in 2016, in the LFC, McKenzie did beat Montana De La Rosa by submission. I wanted to point that out, because that is a big mm-hmm. win. I know we like to focus, you know, UFC, but we like bringing in tidbits and talking about other things every now and again. So that's a big right. win. And again, we just talked about Montana uh, recently as well, because she just had a big fight. And then for Randa, on the other hand, she's 10, 8, and 1. Uh, she's got four submissions. She's 6, 7, and 1 in the UFC. Um, but she has fought the who's who, man. Like, I was looking at her resume. Um, and, like, notable wins. She's beaten Carla Esparza. Hello. Uh, that was a split decision. She submitted Angela Hill who we just talked about on Monday in that fight of the night with uh, Michelle. And then she also beat Ashley Yoder via split decision. So both women shared the same win against Ashley and the same result. And then Randa, it's Randa, right? I think so. I think it's Randa. Um, She's lost to Jessica Panay by split decision. Uh, She lost to Karolina Kovalkiewicz via unanimous decision. 
Courtney Casey submitted her. Uh, she lost to Alexa Grasso by split decision. She's lost to Nina Ansaroff by unanimous decision. She's lost to Claudia Gadella via unanimous decision. And most recently just lost to my girl Amanda Rebos by unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Woo! She's fought them all. She's fought the yeah. whole division. Literally, if you go back to her... Uh... She started out 3-0 in her career, and since then, she has lost one and won one every step of the way. It's crazy. Besides that random draw. The draw, yeah. Um, but, man, on paper, though, when, or, or not on paper, I don't want to keep overusing that, but when you really look at random Marcos, you kind of see, like what I just said, this woman literally win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, all the way, besides the draw. Yeah. But if you look at some of, like, that submission went over Angela Hill is no joke. That decision went over Carlos Esparza is especially no joke. Winning over Ashley Yoder, I mean, I know uh, McKenzie has also done that, but I'm just saying that, like, she has some big wins on her resume, and her losses are, really, she's only fought the most established in the, each of the, in these divisions. You yeah, know? man, and she's only been finished once out of all of those uh, notable yeah. losses. I mean, look look at the people yep. she's fought. It's crazy. Her resume now, obviously significantly stronger, but I don't think that's going to give her the upper yeah. hand in this one. Oof. I'm, mm, so I want you to go ahead and finish with your... So I'm, I'm going to go McKenzie. She has really just shown the potential to be a champion, in my opinion. I know she had that loss to Amanda Rebos, but as we can see right now, Amanda Rebos is the shit. She is yeah. legit as they come with a big fight coming up against Carla. Um, yeah. That's in October or November. Or no, that's December, right? Yeah. I, I think I it's the uh, December 12th card. But okay. uh, Amanda is for real. And again, that's McKenzie's only loss as a professional. So, and she's well known for her Brazilian jiu jitsu. And I think she's getting it done via round one submission. I, I think she's getting in and getting out just like she did against Hannah Cyphers. Oh, man. You know, I, I that's definitely where I'm leaning. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, you I know, think you're wanting to pick upset here. You know, she Randa Marcos is coming off a loss, and she has not lost <laughs> two in a row ever in her career. Okay, okay. Now, MMA math is a bitch and should never be trusted. Yeah, you're definitely doing a little formula work here. Oh, man, I don't like to do that because that never works. Never. Oh, man, this is uh, – <laughs> I'm definitely stumped here. I am I was so for sure going to be like, yeah, it's going to be McKenzie during round one dis- uh, submission, but fuck it, man. I'm going to go random Marcos by decision. Wow. This yeah, really does I, uh, have the makings to be a really good women's fight. Yeah, I mean, again, you guys, if you're able to pull up on her Wikipedia or whatever and look at her wins and losses, you're going to be like, that's a gross-looking sheet because there's a lot of red <laughs> and green just mixing it up in there. And Mackenzie Dern's just got that one blemish. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, Mackenzie Dern, you know, she did have that uh, big win against Hannah Cyphers and, you know, I like it. that loss to Rebus is not looking too bad right now when you look at what Rebus is doing. But 
something tells me that like maybe the fact that like random mark has overall just been a lot more active you know obviously mckenzie dern took a lot of time off to have a kid and um i know she you know she had that big debacle back at ufc 224 when she weighed in eight pounds yeah. over the limit so part of, i i think i'm gonna go random marcos here i'm gonna go with the upset i can tell that was one of the fights where and we've talked about this before there's just that something in you where you're like you know what like how I felt with Derek and uh, Edmund. That's kind of yeah. what I'm seeing here, and I, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate that pick. I think, you know what's funny is that's kind of one of the fights I was thinking of when I was talking my way through this because overall, like, last when, when the Shabazi and Brunson fight happened, I didn't go with my gut. <laughs> I went with Shabazi, and I was like, no, he's – He's the star in the making and whatnot. But that obviously backfired. So here I'm gonna stick to my guns. I like it. I'm not I'm gonna trust that little that little that little tinkle my little tinkle inside right now. Yeah, I mean, again, dude, Randa's resume, I don't care if they're losses or not, she's been in there with them all. Yeah. So I, that could play Man, an that advantage. Makes me, that makes me more excited for that fight. Uh it could very it could inevitably end up just being a round one showcase for uh, Mackenzie Dern. I feel like the longer the fight goes, the less it favors her. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, that makes me a little more excited. I'm glad. See, this is what's nice about doing these breakdowns is that it kind of makes us more aware of the fights as well. Yeah. It's not like we, before the podcast, we were just breaking down every fight on every card. Yeah, this really just yeah. like, as much as we love the sport and watching all these fights, there's still a lot of research that can be done. And you really learn a lot about these fighters. And I think that's kind of been like one of my favorite parts of doing this is just learning so much more than kind of like, you know, we already knew a lot for, you know, our um, level of fandom, but now we really get to learn a lot more. And I think that's really cool. Great. So uh, moving on from there. We got Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann. My oh my! So uh, go ahead and t- go ahead and tell them about this one. So this is a light heavyweight. We've got 205. Johnny Walker ranked 11th. Ryan Spann ranked 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Johnny is 17 and five. 14 KOTKOs, two submissions. That's 16 out of 17 uh, via finish. Yep. He's, he's four and two in the UFC. Uh, with one of those wins coming with Contender Series. Uh, notable wins being against Khalil Roundtree, which was by KO. And he also TKO'd Misha Serkinov. Now, he's coming off back-to-back losses after, again, this was a guy that was on that hype train, right? And yep. they were to Corey Anderson via TKO, who we see now um, is in Bellator. And then he also lost most recently to Nikita Krylov via unanimous decision. And then for Span, on the other hand, who even for me was un- like um, underappreciated, underrated. Like I didn't know too much about him, so I really was I was really looking forward to digging into his history and career here. So Ryan is eighteen and five. He's got four KO TKOs, 11 submissions. Bookmark that, okay? Bookmark that fact. 11 submissions. 
He's 5-1 and one in the UFC. Again, one of those coming via Contender Series. Um, he's got wins over Antonio Noguera via KO. Uh, he submitted Devin Clark and then most recently beat Sam Alvey by a split decision. And then he out, uh, has a notable loss to, uh, again, Carl Roberson, who we mentioned earlier. And that was actually on Contender Series back in 2017. So Ryan actually came on Contender Series, lost, came back, and then won his way in. So he's been on there twice, um, and that was via KO. This is tough. This yeah. is tough. I, and I know you're 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 kind of a big fan of Johnny Walker's, right? Is that safe to say? I mean, I am, but I also wasn't one of the people that thought he was the guy to beat John Jones just because he had a couple of really nice right. wins. Right. But I do believe in him pretty pretty heavily still. He he's been training um with Connor's coach. Um I'm blanking. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Cavanaugh, right? I yeah, think that's John his Cavanaugh. Name. John Cavanaugh. He's been training with him. Um, he said he really needed a change of scenery, a different camp to get his head back in. Uh, well, back he in was the game. training with uh, his last fight. He was training with Faraz Zahabi. Really? Yeah. So he's uh, kind of just trying to find his new GS, home. That's GSP and like Rory McDonald's coach. So that's crazy. So I mean, he really is bouncing around trying to find that new place to call home, you know, and um, and settle into this new Johnny Walker and not just that hype train that we saw a couple years ago. This now, is a... I will say Johnny Walker's last fight was definitely, a, I think it was kind of worse than the Corey Anderson loss, which the Corey Anderson loss, he got kind of starched yeah. in two minutes, you know. But it was obvious by the the first clean shot Corey landed, he was hurt. Yeah, I agree. While that Nikita Krylov fight, he just looked so tentative and, like, gun-shy. He was just... He didn't look like himself. It was very similar to, like, what I felt about Ngannou's performance yep. against Derek Lewis. I was literally about to say the same thing. But all in all... I'm still picking Johnny Walker in this fight. I think that might have been kind of obvious. I'm going to say Johnny Walker by first-round knockout. K-O-T-K-O. Now, all respect to Ryan Spann. I think that dude's great. I think he's going to continue to have a great career. He's on a big win streak, too, especially if you go back to that. Even before the second fight on the Contender Series, he won three on LFA. Yep. That first time on the Contender Series, though, he did get knocked out in 15 seconds by Carl Roberson. Yeah, Carl Roberson's been uh, on my notable losses twice through <laughs> through three yeah. fights already. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, he did have a split decision win over Sam Alvey, a good fight, a fight that he, I thought, clearly won. But also, like, it was very competitive. And, no, dis- you know, Sam Alvey's good, man. Don't get me wrong. And that went over Noguera. I don't care how old Noguera is. It's still a big win. Devin Clark, another good win. I think Johnny Walker is going to be have his head on straight here. I really think this is going to be his bounce back. Could be completely wrong, and he's just not going to have that same level of success that we saw before. But if there's a time for him to continue back on that, that trajectory he was on, this is the fight to do it. So... I, I like where your head's at. Right? I want to see Johnny bounce back. I really do. 
but I think he's going to look real good to start. I think he's going to look cleaner, more, you know, because he was kind of that wild, uh, not to the level that uh, Michelle Piera is, but, you know, he right. was kind of wild doing all this crazy stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, he tried to do that freaking, like, pride kick. Luckily it missed <laughs> or he would have been disqualified in that yeah. one fight. Um, I think he's going to come out and look sharp. But he's going to start to go back to the wild stuff just a little bit. And I think this is where Ryan's going to find that little silver lining. And I think he's going to pull off a submission in the second round. Interesting. I really do. I, Interesting. And it's a thing where we really haven't seen Johnny on the ground that much. And I think, obviously, 14 KO TKOs out of 17 wins. He's a striker. That's safe to say. Yes. Ryan, although he has four KOT games, has 11 submissions. You don't see that many people with double-digit submissions. And if they have double-digit submissions, it's, it's fair to say they're a specialist. And I, I think, I don't know, I really just think something's going to happen to where Span's going to be able to, I don't know if he's going to take the back, if it's going to go to the ground and he does a reversal, but he's going to sneak a submission second round is my prediction. Oh, I, I can't uh, I can't blame you for that one because uh, I I get it. Like, look, if Ryan Span wins, like this, this is a big, big fight for both these guys. They're both well, you 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 nailed it. You're like Johnny Walker's eleven, Ryan Span's twelve. This fight can go either way, and really, I feel like me picking Johnny Walker is definitely more of a a I don't want to say it's biased because I do like Ryan Span, but it's definitely. Um, there's a lot of assumptions being made on my part mm-hmm. that I believe that Johnny Walker still has that capability to put on a show like he did before these back-to-back losses. Um, while Ryan Spann has been killing everybody, yeah. basically. It's tough, but I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think uh, Ryan Spann has proven... Look, both guys have you know, at least been... I mean... Johnny had been knocked out in 18 seconds back in Jungle Fight in 2016. So he's no uh, he's no uh, newcomer to being knocked so, out quickly. So both of these guys have been knocked out at least once in their career in less than 20 seconds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fun Very fact. Very interesting, right? Fun fact of the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's just it's too – and actually what's funny is Ryan Spann was T- his first ever – professional laws with a TKO in 21 seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. At, at Hero UFC. And, and if anybody's so, going to uh, get a quick knockout, it's going to be Johnny Walker. So, that's, I don't that's hate what your I'm man. Now, with Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson's not necessarily known for his striking. He's a he's much of a wrestler. Yeah, a great wrestler. And he, that first shot he landed on Johnny had him compromised for the entire rest of that fight. Yeah, he was doing the stanky leg. Yeah, so uh, it could really go either way. I think either way it ends fairly early, which your second-round prediction is still what I'm I'm thinking fairly early. I don't see it going to a decision. That's oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. I hope not anyways. And uh, with that, we're going to move on to a very interesting matchup here. Oh, and just storyline in general. Yeah, yeah. So you got Osmat Chim- Chimaev. The uh, biggest prospect in the UFC currently. 
He's he's eight now. Going up against a a true vet. Uh, almost a journeyman, not to call that a negative, just a guy who's really just hung around this middle of the pack for a long time in a company, a few years, I should say. That's Gerald Mearchart. Now, as we've mentioned, Osman already has his next fight booked. <laughs> yeah. With Damian Maia, who's ranked, what, seventh? Seventh in the welterweight division. So, yeah. ha, uh, Hamzad is again, he's going to fight at middleweight Saturday. He's mm-hmm. going to cut weight. And then whenever the official announcement comes out, I don't know if it's in October or November now, because I heard it might be November. Either way, he's fighting at middleweight Saturday, and then he's going to fight the seventh-ranked welterweight at 170 pounds next. So, Yeah. Uh, so... This is very interesting, and I, I want you to, if you want to go ahead and break it down for the people. Yeah, so um, Hamzad is 8 0. He's undefeated. Right. Five KO TKOs, three subs. Yes, folks, that's 100% 8 for 8 finishing rate. He's 2 0 yeah. in the UFC um, within, what, nine days? I think it was nine days of each other. Yep. Um, I didn't want to say he had zero notable wins. Because, and we've mentioned this, he just most recently beat Reese, Rice, 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 Rice McKee. McKee. Now, you, again, you might be like, nah, who, who the fuck is that guy? But this is a guy that you and me both kind of think could bounce back and potentially be kind of that another rising prospect. I mean, Dana well, had a lot a big, of hype around him. He's a big deal in the... Um local see, local MMA scene over in um, England. Yeah, he's known for how incredible he is with his striking. Yeah. Um, and for, you know, Chimaev to just run through him, make him look like he didn't even belong in the ring, man. Um, and then on, you know, on the flip side, we've got Gerald Mearchart, 31-13, and 13, 44 fights to eight. That's a bet. Forty-four fights to eight. Um, Gerald has six KOTKOs, twenty-three submissions. Twenty-three, ladies and gentlemen. That's the Michael Jordan number. Twenty-three. Okay, think about it. That's a lot. Um, again, that's twenty-nine total finishes out of thirty-one. That's unreal. This guy really has a record and finishing rate similar to Anthony Smith. Literally He's pretty underrated. Um. He's 6-5 and five in the UFC. He does have some notable wins. He's got Eric Spicely via KO. Spicely's made this list twice today. Um, and he also submitted Trevin Giles. And his notable losses, again... Dom, Dom, he does not have an unnotable loss in the UFC. Yeah, he really doesn't. Your boy, Tiago Santos, again, back at middleweight, TKO. Jack the Joker Hermanson got it done via submission. Kevin Holland, uh, you know, kind of the guy opening up the card against Darren Stewart, um, a split decision. He lost to Eric Anders, who was the uh, Alabama football player, turned um, pretty decent UFC fighter, if I'm being honest. Uh, He lost to him via split decision. And most recently, Ian Heinish Heinish, uh, via TKO. Top 15 guy right there. Top 15. Uh, with all that said, Osmond first round submission. Wow, you really or, just okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Hold on. <laughs> now, let me back up I like here. the energy there. <laughs> now, I'm going to stick with the first round, but I'm probably going to go with like a TKO. Now, I do want to give Mirchar some credit here. For Hazmat style, Mirchar definitely presents a very interesting uh, challenge. Yes. Obviously, he's established, like, again, he doesn't have too many notable wins. He has a lot of notable losses. Yeah. Literally every loss he's had in UFC has been to a notable opponent. Yeah. Well, this is a pretty notable opponent if I've ever seen one. And um, all in all, though, those 23 submission wins, that's always going to be a challenge to someone who's a wrestler like Osmond is, a guy who tries to suffocate you, put his head into your chest and, like, stop you from breathing yeah he he's like a bigger version of habib yeah i mean that's a great way to put it with that being said i'm going osmot first round tko you know i i i wanna the i know i know you want to have that underdog man like yeah and we've talked about it i feel for gerald there is he being overlooked i mean no and yes i mean Hazmat already has another fight booked. I, look, I mean, granted, me, it's at a different weight class, but still. Let me put it like this. All respect in the world to Mirchart, his resume speaks for itself. Like, it's definitely underrated. And those 23 submission wins, that guy's no joke. Hazmat, though, is sh- putting together a run that is... We've never seen see it. too much of him. We've never seen it. Huh? We've never seen a run. We've, we've never seen a guy... Yeah get two wins in nine days we, we've never yeah. seen a guy have a have a right on the cusp of a top 15 opponent and then have our another fight booked against the top 10 in a different weight class a month later and, and i know that this shouldn't be too like taken too much into account when you're making predictions but just the way this guy is like really setting himself up by just being like i'll fight them all book me three times in one night and he's serious. Man. Oh, he's dead serious. I I just there's something about him, man, where I'm like, I really believe in this guy. Like, Th- this this could really be something special here. I mean, I, if I think he's gonna beat Damian Maya, I think he's gonna beat Gerald Mirchard. I mean, yeah, you can't really put it better than that. Um, as much as I would like to pick the underdog, I feel for Gerald. Chemayev is, I believe, something special that we've mm-hmm. never really seen before. I'm going to go whew, He really has just bulldozed his first two fights, man. It's a big step up. I Does he get that. it done in the first again? It's a big oh. step up. I'll give him that. I'll give it that. I'm going to go Oh man. I I'm going to do it as well. I I think he really is just going to suffocate gerald land strikes and the ref's gonna have to call it i'm gonna go first round tko man i I... all right i'm switching it back i'm going first round submission all right so you're you're thinking chamayev submits the submission specialist well mere charts got eight losses by submission out of his 13 i mean really you're probably envisioning um you know chamayev presses him against the cage yep lands you know big shots I would assume, uh, in your head, takes the back rear naked. 
Yeah, that kind of thing. Like, I think it's going to be something where he hurts him mostly on the feet, but then he's able to finish him with the choke. Yeah. Again, Um, I feel for Gerald. I I think, by all means, can he pull off the upset? Yes. But ultimately, can I predict that to happen? Unfortunately not. No, and I mean, hey, look, Monday's episode, we could be uh, sitting with our tail between our legs because we... Hey, at least if that's the case, so is the entire UFC. Yeah, and, and everybody else, because we ain't the only ones making yeah. this prediction. That's for sure. No, that's that's very true. I just, you know, may, maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid here, but like, literally, this man has looked unbeatable. And I get it, the level of competition. They're still professional fighters, man. I don't yeah, care. Exactly. I don't, it doesn't matter. John Phillips was 22 and nine, or 22 and eight when they fought. Like, talk about a guy who's at least somewhat established. Yeah. Rise McKinley, 10 2 and 1. I know that was his debut in the UFC, but it doesn't matter, man. This guy's just destroying everybody. Well, and it's and I like, just don't think... it's one thing if you're just dominating and you look good, but he's making people look like they don't belong. Yeah. Like, what's that stat again? Um, through his first two UFC fights, he's landed like 160 something, and he's right. only been hit two or three times i think it was twice that's insane you'll never see a stat like that again never and does he continue that here surely he gets hit more than twice i would think i I don't know man oh well we'll find out and yeah on saturday yeah we will and uh, with that, we're on to our co-main event. Oh, yeehaw. I, and I, this is going to be an obvious one for a lot of people. This is my prediction for Fight of the Night right I, here. I second that. This is Fight of the Night written all over it, up and down, side to side. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, he's back after that. Uh, oh, actually, I I think I said earlier I'd made the same mistake I did before. <laughs> we're forgetting about, about the Anthony fight. Pettis fight. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that fight. Yeah. I don't know why. It was a good fight. Like, Two big names. I don't know why I keep forgetting about that one. Anyways, <laughs> he's back. He's going up against Nico Price, who also last fought on that same very card back in May of 2020. So, uh, Dom, take it away. Well, get out the popcorn because this is going to take a second. It, so, it the Cowboy rides again Saturday night. Donald Cerrone is 36 and 15 with one no contest 10 KOTKOs 17 submissions that's 27 out of 36 wins coming via finish he is 23 and 12 in the UFC 23 wins um that's the most ever in UFC history the second most fights ever in UFC history he will tie it Come Saturday night with Jim Miller. Most knockdowns in UFC history. Most finishes in UFC history. Most post-fight bonuses in UFC history. (laughs) He's done it all. Notable wins. Here we go. Charles Oliveira. TKO. Dennis Seaver. Submission. Jeremy Stevens. Unanimous decision. Edson Barbosa. Submission. Jim Miller. KO, the man he will be tying, again, for the most fights uh, in UFC history, is Jim Miller. That's number one. They'll tie each other this weekend. Eddie Alvarez, unanimous decision. Benson Henderson, unanimous decision. 
Matt Brown, brutal head kick KO. Absolutely brutal. Ally Aquinta, unanimous decision. There are arguably more notable ones in there, but my voice is going to go gone if I name every one of them. Uh, notable losses. He's lost to Benson Henderson twice. Both of those were in the WEC. When Cowboy beat him, it was in the UFC. Um, one was via unanimous decision. One was via submission. He has lost to Nathan Diaz, unanimous decision. He's lost to Anthony Pettis twice. Uh, the first time way back when was a KO, and then most recently was that decision that we were just talking about. He's lost to RDA twice, uh, a unanimous de- decision and a TKO. One of those was a title fight, correct? Yeah, on Fox. Yeah, right. Um, Jorge Masvidal, TKO. That was kind of the start of Jorge's rise. Uh, that kind of really so. put Jorge on the map was that one. Uh, Robbie Lawler, unanimous decision. Darren Till uh, beat Cowboy by TKO. He lost to Leon Edwards, and that's a fight I completely forgot had happened because, you really? know, I'm kind of a big advocate for Leon. That was like one, Leon's one fight that I remember. That's definitely the biggest name, I think, for Leon. Um, and well, that was he beat unanimous. RDA as well. But... Yeah, yeah. Um, he lost to Tony via TKO, uh, Dr. Stoppage, Gaethje TKO, and Connor TKO. So, before I even get into Nico, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is the epitome of a fighter, through and through. And he's on a four-fight losing streak coming into this. Any other fighter goes on a four-fight losing streak, you're probably not in the UFC. But this is the Cowboy, Noah. Yes, it is. This is the Cowboy. Now... Nico Price, on the other hand, is no slouch. He's 14-4 and four with one no contest. He has 10 KOT goes, three submissions. That's 13 out of 14 via finish. He's 6-4 and four in the UFC with one no contest. Uh, notable wins against Alan Joban via TKO, Tim Means via TKO, and James Vick via KO with a nasty upkick that you hardly ever see. Some of the worst luck and worst chins you'll ever see on James Vick. Yes, very true. Um, and then notable losses. He's lost to the man, the myth, the legend, Vicente Luque, twice. Once via submission, once via TKO. And then he lost to our boy Jeff Neal uh, via TKO. So yep. that, was a great, that was a great fight, too. Yeah, man. Jeff ne- man, I'm ready for Jeff Neal to be back. Oh, but well, anyways. Dom, I got to hear. I need to hear your thoughts this fight what what's where are you leaning what are you thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot straight with you noah i'm thinking a three-round war donald cerrone bounces back with a decision victory interesting that's what i'm thinking as bad as i want to go a finish and as bad or not as bad but as much as i can see nico making this five straight losses donald has to win this he has to even a guy named Donald Cerrone, you can't lose five in a row, man. That, And I, I get it. He's lost to the who's who, man. We're talking freaking Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor, Anthony Pettis, back to back to back to back. That's brutal. This, That's this a brutal schedule. A, a step, this is a, definitely a step down. Yes. Um, it's at welterweight, which uh, Donald really bounces back quite often in both weight yeah. classes. 
I yeah, do does. feel that lightweight is his better performing weight class. Um, uh, but I, I again, he can get it done, and ultimately, you know, Nico's a beast. He he's a freaking savage. But I think it's that thing where Donald knows, like, I gotta win, man. If I want to keep doing this thing and I want to keep setting these records, I gotta win. I can't lose five in a row. And uh, I think we're gonna see a more motivated Cerrone. He had a little time off, which he doesn't take very often, even though it was still only four months. Um, and, and I think he's got the experience. I think we see a three-round war. But I, I'm going to go Cerrone, man. I, I'm going to go Cerrone by decision. You want to hear an interesting stat here? Let's hear it. Cowboy Cerrone, as great as he is, as awesome as he is, he is 4-8 and eight since 2017. It's crazy. Nico Price has only been in the UFC <laughs> since the very last day of 2016. <laughs> so... That's crazy. We're talking two totally different careers here. Yeah, Nico Price uh, has made a lot has made a lot of hype for himself, despite the fact that he's lost just as much as he's won. Pretty much, he's six, four, and one in the UFC. That win over Alan Joban uh, hurt me a little bit. I'm a big Alan yeah. Joban fan, but um, he's looked really good in his wins. He's looked good in his losses, but. I think I'm also going to go Cowboy here. Um, I think the experience of Cowboy is going to be just too much. Now, here's something else interesting. Nico Price has lost four fights. He's never went to a decision. Yeah, yeah he's kind of a savage. Um, Kill I'm or going, be killed. Uh, I'm going third round uh, submission here. Really? Interesting. Hey, I'm Which, all for a cowboy submission. Now, I believe if you uh if you guys want to tally up, that means I've predicted well, I Is guess that... that's only two I guess I've only predicted two fights by submission, but um regardless, it's not something that happens too often. Like even though it's a huge part of the sport, Back-to-back submissions like that, not necessarily very common. But I'm going Cowboy by submission. I think it's going to be a war. But again, Nico is a guy, what I really respect about him is that when he's down, he doesn't play it safe. Right. So he's kind of like, well, I'm going to go for the Hail Mary or die trying. Yeah, he has that kill-or-be-killed mindset. And sometimes he dies trying. (laughs) (laughs) But... Cowboy, I think, is going to be very composed per usual. Out, you know, he's in he's in a co-main on a fight night. There's less, um, there's less to this matchup than like his main event slot with Connor, where, you know, again, Cowboy's always had that problem in the spotlight, and the big the big one. You know, he always seems to kind of choke. Here, he's got a little less pressure on him. He's going against someone who's a little bit lower than his previous matchups. Cowboys still got a lot left in the tank, and I think that this is the kind of win. I think you're going to see a fight much like his fight with, uh, uh, I imagine a three or a three round version of him versus Mike Perry. Okay. Um, just like Nico's going to have his moments where he's going to look incredible, and he's going to probably hurt Cowboy a few times. 
Cowboys going to hurt Nico just as much. But overall, Cowboys been there, done that. And I think he's going to overall be able to pull out that submission win. And I, I do want to take note, now when Cowboy had the birth of his first son, Danger, a couple years back, that's when he went on that big three-fight win streak, had a lot of hype. Um, yep. Now Cowboy had the birth of his second son this past week, uh, River Riot Cerrone, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. What a badass name, by the way. That kid came out of the womb and can already kick me in the face. Um <laughs> So I kind of think we're going to see another version of that cowboy that just has that extra bit of motivation. And now yeah. on top of being on a four-fight losing streak, I really think he's going to come out and look pretty smooth here and pretty good. Still going to be a war. I, Again, I yeah, think I it's agree. definitely going to be a war. I but. completely agree. And with that, I think we're on to our main event, Bubby. Two and a half years in the making, an hour and a half into the podcast in the making. It's time. It's time. Can we get Bruce Buffer on here to just say it one time? <laughs> one time. Anyway. Colby Covington. Going up against his arch rival, Tyron Woodley. Dom, it's your moment. Chaos versus the Chosen One. A fight we have wanted to see as MMA fans for years finally happens this Saturday night. Colby Covington is 15-2, and two, three KOTKOs, four submissions. He is 10-2 and two in the UFC with notable wins against Mike Pyle, which I figured was a name a lot of people wouldn't know, but I think that's a notable win and a tough-ass opponent. Agreed. Um, unanimous decision. And then the next three are just pure dominance, absolutely pure dominance. Damian Maya. Unanimous decision. RDA, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, for those that don't know the abbreviation. Unanimous decision. And your boy, Robbie Lawler, set a record for some sort of significant strikes landed or thrown. or I don't know what the record was, but it was pure dominance. Notable loss for Colby? Well, the current 170-pound champion, Kamaru Usman, via TKO in the fifth round in an absolute classic uh, back-and-forth barn burner of a title fight. On the other hand, the former welterweight champion, four title defenses, one of the best welterweights of all time, Tyron Woodley, 19 wins, five losses, one draw. He has seven KO TKOs, five submissions. He's nine Four and one in the UFC. Notable wins against Josh Koscheck with that nasty, nasty right hand. Shout out to yep. the boy Josh Koscheck, the OG, tough season one. Uh, Carlos Condit beat him by TKO. You don't see that happen much to Carlos Condit. Um, he beat Kelvin Gastelum in a split decision. Brutalized Robbie Lawler in that title fight win. Ooh. Man, that right hook just really sent him flying across the cage. Uh, then he has a great back-to-back fights with Wonder Boy, the first one being that draw, and then he wins the second one via majority decision. He goes on to have one of the most boring title fights in UFC history against Damian Maya um, and won that by unanimous decision. 
and then dominated at the time the biggest hype train in the UFC, which was Darren Till. Rock and sock him robots, sent him down, and finished it with a Darce choke submission. Notable losses for the chosen one? Well, it's all four of them that he has in the UFC. Jake Shields, a split decision, which is a guy that was on top of the sport at the time. Uh, yep. Very good, top of the division, right underneath, of course, George St. Pierre. Um, he lost to Rory McDonald via unanimous decision, who we just mentioned on Wednesday's episode, if you haven't listened to that. He was in the greatest fight in UFC history, okay? Uh, he lost to Kamaru Usman via unanimous decision to lose the belt, and then most recently is coming off that loss to Gilbert Burns uh, back at, what was that, UFC? That was a fight night, right? Or? Yeah, it was on ESPN May. Gotcha. Um, now, before I hand it over, before I even make a prediction, I want to I throw this stat out there. Tyron Woodley. Actually, no, I'm going to start with Colby because it's probably better this way. Colby Covington has 58 takedowns in the UFC. That's the third most in welterweight history. 58 takedowns, okay? Tyron Woodley has a 91.1% takedown defense. That is the number one highest rated takedown defense of all time in the welterweight division. Noah, give me your thoughts. Well, that 9% that he hasn't defended probably came against tomorrow. (laughs) I think I agree. (laughs) Uh, Look, man, I think let's throw the obvious out here. Tyron Woodley has lost 10 rounds in a row. Yes. um, Convincingly. Yeah. Dominated in back-to-back fights. I guess, hey, look, you got the the current champion and the guy who he's about to be fighting at the end of the year. So, stout competition. But guess what? He's going up against a guy who was arguably winning that title fight with Usman before the finish in the fifth round and Colby Covington. So, guess what? Another stout competitor here. Look, I predicted in one of our previous special episodes, I said Colby Covington will be the welterweight champion by August of 2021. Does it start this Saturday? Does it start that road back? Does he get the win to really, he's probably next in line for a title uh, if he wins this fight, you'd have to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, this is tough. The, this is a really tough man. I let me break let me break it down like this, okay? So you see uh Colby Covington, natural wrestler. When he went up against Usman, another natural wrestler, they slugged it out on the feet for all five rounds. What a fight. Neither guy much of a striker, but it was a great fight. But also neither guy really had like the crazy like especially Colby does not have much knockout power. Uh, Usman doesn't really either. If you're talking about like a one-punch KO, like especially for Colby, he's more of a punches and bunches kind of guy, like pressure fighter. Tyre Woodley oh, does man. have punch KO power. W- one punch, your lights could be out. Ask Robbie Lawler, ask Josh Costa. So, 
that's the that's the thing here is what kind of fight are we gonna see? Is Tyron really back? Is, is he, he gonna let the hands go? Right. That that's kind he, of yeah. the question here. Is he motivated? Is he still good enough to fight the top of the top? Is he able to withstand Colby's pressure or land that shot during one of Colby's like uh, embraces that could end the fight? While for Colby, for one, can he take Tyron down and really just utilize that world? pressure? Do whatever he wants to do, just like Tyron's previous two opponents have done. Dumb. You know... I didn't want to say it. All right, go ahead. I think Tyron Woodley's going to knock him out. I agree. I Uh just predicted Colby would be champion a month ago. (laughs) And his first fight here to to start that trend I think Tyron's going to catch him I think Tyron is um, he's been trying to get that mental fixed right you know in his last two fights he's like you know for whatever reason I don't know what it is my mind is not letting me throw my hands and you know don't get me wrong Tyron's an incredible wrestler we know this but he's got power. And uh, yes, his head coach, Dean Thomas, even talked about this earlier this week or late last week, how uh, even Dean Thomas went through this, where he went through this stage where it's like something in my head was keeping me from reaching my full potential. I couldn't – my hands just wouldn't throw. I think he, he – I think Tyron is going to find it. I, I think during this camp, he's so motivated right now to prove everyone wrong. He hates Colby. These guys hate each other. Colby's ran his mouth, you know, for a long time. Tyron's hammered back at him, don't get me wrong. But uh, I really think Tyron has a huge chip on his shoulder. He's like, you know what? You all, you're sleeping on me. And I think Colby's going to try and bring that pressure, right? Press him against the cage, land those clinch strikes. Uh, I, you know, I'm envisioning the Robbie fight in particular. And I think as he's coming in, Tyron's going to find that one right hand that could change the fight. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that he drops him, wobbles him with the right, goes in for the finish, a TKO. I'm going to go third round. Third round. That's exactly what I'm going to say too. Yeah. Now, I do think the first two rounds is going to be much of Colby forcing as well yeah i think tyron's gonna try and find the timing i think he's gonna say okay at what point does he make this particular movement to where i can land that one shot i I think he's gonna try and find that no yeah i completely agree with you this could very well blow up in our face here because we've had a couple of those on this prediction card (laughs) yeah so it's definitely, look, it's a big underdog pick here. But if there's, like, I just, there's something about this fight, again, just like I was saying earlier, where I feel like 
right as Tyron's being counted out. He's got something left. Yeah, well, like, um, when when um, he's doing the title defense against Darren Till, everybody's on the Till bandwagon. Till's going to knock him out. Till's going to outclass him on the feet. Tyron destroyed Darren Till when everyone thought it was Till's time. And that's right. kind of what I'm seeing here again. And with the rivalry, the thing is, and I hope this for both because I want a great fight, I hope the emotions don't get the best of them. I want to yeah. see two guys, two top five guys, be at peak performance, and I really think they could provide an incredible, very competitive fight here for the welterweight division. I'm so excited for this fight. It's a long time coming, brother. I'm so excited, and I I hope it ends up being, you know, regardless of if Colby wins, Tyron wins, whoever, I hope it just ends up being a damn good fight for as long as it lasts. For sure. And I hope Tyron at least shows something. Yeah. I don't want to see another rinse and repeat Burns versus Woodley, Usman versus Woodley. Show us something, man. If it's not against Colby, if he if he comes out and loses five straight rounds like he did his last two fights, he's done. It's over. Yeah, it, it would be hard to say it isn't. There you know? is no other fight that will get him to open up and throw them hands than this one. Yeah. In my mind. I, I agree. I, I think, I, I really, you couldn't have put it any better. If there's going to be a fight where you find your hands again, you, you know, you get your mindset back where it needs to be, this is the one. This is the one. Mm-hmm. And that's UFC Vegas 11. Oh, man. That's the preview show. That I, uh, I, I'm going to be straight. That I enjoyed this more than UFC 252. I, and I really? love Stipe, right? The, the, you know, the, yeah. the greatest trilogy of all time, the most important title fight of all time, heavyweight greatness. This fight night's special. I, I'm not going to go as far as you just did. <laughs> as much as I, like, want to. But, like, hey, look, I'm having a lot of fun with this. And I'm really excited for these fights, obviously, because, again, I not free, but basically free. Yeah, yeah, right. A little asterisk month, there. For four ninety nine a month, yeah. you guys can watch these fights on Saturday. And I think it's going to be worth every penny of that. Now... As for our next couple episodes, oh, Monday, yeah. we're going to be recapping all of the action from the main card that we just previewed here. We'll be doing it the same style we're doing now. It's going to be a bit of a like a Skype uh, type thing that yeah, we're doing. Bear with us these uh, next you know, couple episodes. Hopefully, hopefully, let us know. Hopefully, the audio didn't sound too much different than if we were in person. Um, obviously, we prefer to do these in person, but, you know, we don't. It's not like we can be in the same place twenty four seven. Yeah, we we we're improvising. We're getting it done. But yeah, let mm-hmm. us know. Hopefully, this sounded good. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Google, Apple, all that fun stuff. And then we have Wednesday. Now we don't know yet if we'll be doing it like this or if we'll be back together. But for Wednesday, we got a big one. The- this is fun. The one that's a little extra special. <laughs> as we say, it's our tagline at this week. point. Let's be honest. So, 
Um, you guys saw we started our first series a couple weeks ago called Versus. Now it's time for a second one. Two series for the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast here. Mm-hmm. And this one's going to be called Who's Next? Oh. Now, how much do you want to tell them here, Noah? Now, the people at home might be going, well, what does that mean? What does Who's Next mean? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen. So sit your ass down and shut up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because I have the microphone, and I'm the one who's talking now. He's the captain. So, who's next? Basically, we're going to use something that the cool kids use called Microsoft Excel. (laughs) And we're going to put every division in the UFC on this Excel sheet. And then we're just going to use the random function for all of those divisions so it's going to pull up one division out of all of them based on completely randomized and we on the spot without knowing beforehand which division we're getting yeah we're, we are going to do this live so like as we're recording we're going to hit that button and you know as the episode gets going that division is going to happen we're not going to pre-record this we're not going to know ahead of time and have ideas we're going to be put on the spot for this series and what are we going to be doing we're going to be taking a look at the top 15 for that said division we get and we have to match make every fighter in that division now there's 15 fighters in that division that's an uneven number dom hmm so, 14 of the 15 fighters will get a matchup with another ranked opponent. But there will be one person left out. And we will be pairing them with someone who is unranked that we feel is on the cusp. Yeah. Who deserves that top 15 ranked opponent. Who's ready to crack into the ranks. Yep. And that's all going to be on Wednesday. And I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Is it's th- really going to test our matchmaking skills, especially on the spot like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so shout out, I, we both kind of like as a team came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. I kind of had the, the Excel like thing going on. And then you came through with like the divisions and the whole basically what the idea is. So overall, big tag team effort in coming up with this idea. So I'm very excited to get that underway. Yeah, I really and like hopefully... how we got these ideas um, of building, you know, within our special episodes, you know, a series you know, so we've, yep. we're going to have verses. Uh, we're going to have who's next. And, you know, who knows what we could have in the future. This is really exciting. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, that's going to be our next couple episodes. So, Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dsalee14. You can find our podcast Instagram at belowaveragejoes underscore podcast and all of our lovely listeners feel free to give a visit to our anchor website from there you can listen to all of our podcasts you can go to all major podcast platforms and follow us subscribe whatever the words are for their websites you can donate be a a contributor become a supporter as it is titled 
um, to give uh, co- uh, monthly contributions to the podcast to support us for the future. And last but not least, you can leave us voice messages that we can take and use in future episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, if you go to the link on either my Twitter or Instagram bio at ntbaker underscore, it'll take you to our link tree, which will take you to links to all of our platforms we're on. So if you want to listen to us on Spotify, the link's there. If you want to go to our YouTube channel, the link's there. If you just want to go to our Instagram, link there. I don't know why you would if you're already clicking on it through Instagram. Right. But if you're going from Twitter, you know, you never know. Uh, If you want to go to our Anchor page, link there. If you want to find a straight link to become a supporter, it's there. Same with Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's all there. It's a link with links. It's literally the hub. (laughs) Yes, it is. So go there, find which platform you prefer us on, support us there. doesn't matter what it is. It's all gravy, baby. (laughs) And again, that's at ntbaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we'll see y'all on Monday.